I always got to check that. Just getting up here. It, it sounds a lot louder to me than it probably does to you, and I don't want to blow yours out. Thanks, man. Like to, uh, as we kind of get settled and the, the kids disperse, is just take a minute to pray before we get started here. So I'll give everybody a minute, no rush. So if you would, just bow your head and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I don't, I don't know if I can say the words to represent everybody here in this building today. But what I'd like to do, Lord, is just to give thanks. Thank you for this place that we can come together and we can, we can meet. That we can worship you. That we can look into your word and just gain a greater knowledge of you. Father, I am, I am very thankful and we are, we are all blessed by the, the many able hands that, that serve, that serve us, that serve us for you, Lord. Thank you for them. I ask that you just, you open your word today that as I look at these different verses that you make them clear. I ask that your, your Holy Spirit just joins us today and, and opens up our hearts and our minds. Most of all, Lord, we're thankful for your Son, Jesus, who's brought salvation and eternity to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're just joining us, um, welcome. Thanks for coming. If you don't know anything about me, I'm Justin. Uh, I, I preach sometimes. The main preaching is done by Nate Porter. Um, also something to note, when I pray, for some reason I get emotional, so there's my eyes welled up a little bit. It's just connection with God. I get emotional often. It's just part of my preaching. But... Um, so, for the purpose of this sermon, and some backstory of, of kind of where this came from, these thoughts started. Uh, again, if you know me, I've been doing a lot of I've been doing a lot of backpacking. Been spending a lot of time outside here recently. If you don't, I've been spending a lot of time outside here recently. I'm thankful for my wonderful wife that lets me do that, <laughs> and a lot. Um, she's definitely. Had to take over, taken, she's taken over a lot of household duties to, well, I've been gone in my absence, but um, I've had the, the pleasure of getting to spend some time with some folks away from distraction. Two, mainly two that I can think of here recently. So, 
The first one is a, a acquaintance, let's say, and he asked if I would go on a hike with him, just to get in, you know, mountain shape, to get in shape, to go for a hike, and that's, that's what we did about 8 o'clock uh, the other day at night. We put on our packs, and we ran up the mountain, and we've, we've come in contact a couple times. I really don't know him all that well, but I know his wife well, and as we're headed up, you know, we're just the normal chatter back and forth, and he stopped. He said, I got I to gotta tell you something, man. So what's that? He said, uh, I, I talked to my wife a little bit, and I, I know this about you. I, I, you know, he's like, yeah, I know you haven't really mentioned it much, but I know this about you. And it's just been spending time, and our, our, you know, the few times that we've met, he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yeah. Yeah, I am. And he said, uh, you know, you really haven't, you haven't said much to me yet, but I could just tell. I could just tell. I said, well, that's, that's a really big compliment. Like, that was a big deal. I, I couldn't stress enough to him just how much of a compliment and how much that meant to me. And I said, well, why? Why? I'm not, not from a vanity standpoint, but why? Why would you say that? What makes me different from someone else? What, what makes me a Christian? Why do you think that I'm a Christian? And he said, it's the way you carry yourself, and it's your speech. It's the way you talk. And again, we haven't ever, we haven't ever even had the chance to talk about the gospel, or Christ, or religion, or any of that stuff. Really not even any like in-depth conversations, but he said it's the way that you speak and present yourself. And he, he told me when we, were, when we were in a crowd of people, and we were with a, a, a mix of different folks, both Christians and unchristians, he said, I could tell because you didn't, you didn't cuss, you didn't say you know, too many slanderous things. It was like, it was, you could tell. I need to tell you that I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but as an example of what the, the sermon's about. So my sermon's about cussing and what the Bible teaches us about cussing. And that's an example that just so happened to happen recently. I also will tell you from that experience, and as we started talking about Christianity and talking about Christ, talking about raising children, a man that is at this point seeking and, and not a believer what a blessing. What a blessing. Another circumstance that's come up here recently is um, again, backpacking with a friend. We went on an overnight backpack trip. Uh, we spent the two days together. I know him well. This, this person I know very well. I've spent a lot of time with him. And he was cussing a lot, quite a bit. As we were, as we were spending time together, it was like almost every sentence, if not, it was pretty regularly that less than ideal words were coming out of his mouth. Well, along the trail, we started talking about raising children and what that was like. And he, he said his biggest fear was that his kids 
would go off outside their home to college or to somewhere else and get into drugs or get into bad things and just fall off the map. And I was explaining to him from my Christian standpoint, as we're raising our children, for them, for the children, we're supposed to be the example of God. Right? That's, that's what kids see as their example for, for God. As, as we've raised them up, we try to lay this foundation these biblical principles for them and be this reflection of, of Christ Himself so that they, they can grow and see. And, but not only that, the, the, the purpose and the, the, the end of that conversation was they still may go off. And they still may do those things. But just like God, if they come back, we're here with open arms. Shortly after that, we're walking along, and he stopped, he, he cussed again, and he stopped. He said, man, I gotta, I gotta stop that. It wasn't even something we brought up. We didn't even talk about his cussing. We didn't even get there yet. But he stopped. He said, I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta stop cussing. I know it's a problem. I gotta quit doing it. Even the world recognizes that there's a there's a, a speech, there's a way that we present ourselves, there's a there's a connection between our heart and our mouth, and that it's not good. The third um, story here is actually. I've, I've the same amount, and for some reason these all have a, a general theme, but I've met somebody through, um, I've, I've met a guy through, he's hunting mountain goats in this unit that I'm hunting this year, and I just happened upon him, he posted a picture online, I sent him a message, we started talking back and forth and exchanging phone calls and text messages so I could learn more about mountain goats, and we were on the phone for about an hour talking about goats, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, again, he hadn't, he hadn't even mentioned anything yet, but I'm thinking to myself, this man is a Christian. I can tell right now, just by a conversation about white poofy things that live at the top of a hill, that this man is a Christian. The way he spoke. He didn't yet get to how blessing or Christ or any of that. Just the way he spoke, I could tell. And then we got towards the end of the conversation and he started talking about how he got to harvest a goat and then he started getting into how blessed he was for being able to be up there to being able to harvest that animal and just being able to see God's glory through all of it. It's like, I knew it. I could tell. And I could tell because he never cussed. He never was slanderous. He never, just the, his presentation. So it got me thinking about cussing and speech and Christianity and how we resemble Christ. As I was putting this together, I thought to myself, this seems elementary. This seems like an elementary 
teaching, especially for many of you all. I, I, I know many of you. I think as far as a body of Christians, we are quite mature. Not in age, but in knowledge. I really do. I think as I've studied with a lot of people, I really feel like we are a mature body. We're maturing together all the while. We're, we've not arrived. I hope to never arrive. Because as soon as you know everything, you actually know nothing, right? So, but as a body, we're mature. And as I was putting this together, I was like, man, this seems like a really pretty simple, really simple teaching for many of the folks here. But I continued on with my study, and I continued on with, with preparing this because it's important. And then I thought about myself. Do I cuss? Yeah. Yeah, I can cuss. What about you all? Have you cussed in the last 24 hours? Out loud? To another person? At another person? To yourself? Just to be honest and transparent with you all, not long after I started my sermon, my computer stopped working for some reason as I was typing. And I thought to myself, not so good things about my computer. And I caught myself. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for the reminder, Lord. I can get a lot better at this. And I can guarantee you, because we are faulty human beings, because we're not perfect, that you all have, can come up with similar stories. There's a lot of great people in this room that probably don't cuss hardly at all. Where's Beck? I've been around her enough to know she doesn't cuss. But we're still, we still have our faults. And same with when we talk about cussing, I need to also specify and elaborate. We need to bring in using the Lord's name in vain. And using other words like damn and like hell. Because those are important words that are in the Bible. And we devalue those words when we use them like that. So we need to bring those back in. So let's go to uh, Ephesians 4. Let's jump into some scripture. Ephesians 4, it started in verse 17. My, my Bible says that the title for this passage is Instructions for Christian Living, which I agree, most of Ephesians is. So in 17, it says this, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the infirmity of their thinking. They are, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is, come, that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given, given themselves over to sensuality, 
that is also indulgence in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. And then we go down to, to verse 29. So this is, this is Paul that's talking about Christian living. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building, up, building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Benefit those who listen. So what Paul is saying here is, do not let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth so that it may build up others according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. Our speech, our dialogue, the way we talk to each other is to benefit those who are listening. It's a simple, simple teaching. That's what we're charged with here from Paul. I did a, I did a quick Wikipedia search here. Let me bring it up. I've got a picture of it here on my phone. And I don't know how I use my phone, so I apologize for that. So, if you just look at Wikipedia and put in profanity, and then there's a tab down at the bottom you go to, and it says research. It it says here, and I found this pretty um, astonishing, eye-opening, eye-opening. Analysis of recorded conversations reveal that on average, roughly 80 to 90 words that a person speaks each day which it makes up about 0.5 to 0.7% of all words, all words are curse words, with the usage varying from 0 to 3.4%. In comparison, first-person plural pronouns, we, us, our, so we did this, that's our vehicle, make up 1% of spoken words. So, in the average American dialogue, 80 to 90 words we speak each day. As Americans, we, it's not we, 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 as a culture, not as a religion, speak roughly 80 to 90 words a day that are cuss words or profanity. Which make up between half a percent and almost a full percent of our language. Every day. So to say that the, the world outside doesn't have a problem with, with this would be an understatement. 80 to 90 words per day. Um, a little bit closer to home, more recently, and something that we've been working on and that Cassidy's works really hard on, she's gotten to be around her little friends recently, and they use, oh my God, pretty prolifically and often. These little girls do. Um, if you're watching any movies or any of that, for some reason it seems to be something with, you know, with young ladies, uh, a, a matter of speech, but she came home one day and said, oh my God. And I stopped, and she got reprimanded, and she since then said it again, and we've continued to try to guide her and reprimand and teach her through this but it's something that came from the world right directly into our house. And just gaining the gravity 
of what that means. Teaching this young lady of what the, the power of God's name and what that means, just to drop that, right? Just to, to drop that phrase in a sentence. That you're taking the creator of the world, the master of the universe, and you're just throwing his name around. Again, those who listen, just the importance of our speech and what we say, and that it's for the purpose of those who are listening to us. Now, there's, there's two parts to this. The, this cussing and misuse of, of words. There's, there's two parts. One is that it downplays important realities. So I go back to the use of the Lord's name. We go back to using, say, hell, and downplaying hell when we just throw around that word. Well, hell is serious. It is a place. It's a big deal. And just to, to throw that out there are, are many others, right? To, to downplay those and misuse is a, is a type of cussing. And then this, the second part of this is it's a soul and heart issue. And we're going to go into a little bit more of that now. It's a soul and heart issue. Matthew 15, 18, Jesus says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these things defile them. So let's go to James. So James 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. We can, we, can we, excuse me, can we both, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It's talking to Christians here, right? Believers, followers. So can a spring produce both salt and fresh water? But what comes of it? Comes out of it. So if that salt water is poor speech, cussing, slander, profanity, and the fresh water is clean speech, can a Christian produce both? There's more to that. I have it written down here. Let me just check real fast. Oh, let's go back. I, I passed a really important part. Let's actually go back to verse 3. 
It says here, chapter 3, verse 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and they are driven by strong winds, they are steered by very small by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes up, it makes great boasts. Consider a great forest that was set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also, also is the fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no one, no one being can tame the tongue. It is a relentless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we recurse human beings. So the whole picture there, and I'm sorry I missed those passages in the beginning, is with this small thing, we can taint so much. It's so powerful. It's a small portion of our body, but we can do so much with it. I was reminded, as a, because I've been traveling a lot, is now they have signs up on the interstates about chains. And um, to, to adjust your chains, because... When chains drag on the asphalt, they spark. Sparks cause fire, and I was just—that's a good—that's a good comparison. Is a small spark from that chain on the ground can light a whole forest on fire, just like our slanderous tongues. So in Luke uh, six forty-five, Jesus gives us a little bit more. So Jesus says here, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the good stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So a Christian walking down the street, slandering speaking ill, using words they shouldn't, is their heart full of the Spirit? I'm not saying it's not entirely. Again, we can go back to people aren't perfect. I'm not. But are they full of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. If that's the way they speak. And again, I know most of you in here, and I know that the way you speak isn't like this, but the encouragement to not. I also know that in here it's easy. Right now, on Sunday morning, it's an, it's an easy task. When we're with our brothers and sisters, it's pretty straightforward, right? I would hope that if I spoke that way, that one of you would call me out. I know many of you would. But out there when you're with your buddies, when you're with a group of dudes, 
and they're all talking like that, it gets a little bit easy to slip. But what's coming out of your mouth is a mirror of what's in and in your heart. I speak from experience. This, this representation of what's, the heart, what's in the heart that comes off the tongue, the reason for it is, it's, it's, the reason we would even consider doing it is to do good for the gospel. Right? The way we speak and present ourselves as, as followers of Christ is so that we can adequately share Christ and the gospel message. It's pretty tough to believe a person that speaks ill but then tries to present Christ and help save. It's hypocritical. So let's go to Titus 2, or second chapter of Titus. So Titus 2.6 So, Titus is in Crete, um, sent there by Paul, helped start churches, he's, he's finding elders, so he's charged by Paul to do this, and, and Paul sent him a letter to give him some, some guidance. And in chapter 2, verse 6, he says this, similarly, encourage young men to be self-controlled, and everything sent an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be, may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about, listen, say about us. He didn't say to say about you. He said, us. Who is us? Huh? Christians. Us. The church. So he's telling Titus to go out, start these churches, pick these elders, encourage young men. He's telling go out and encourage young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example. Be an example, Titus. Doesn't that directly relate to us? Isn't that easy? Even as not even as maybe not even as young men, but young women, all people. Can't is that easy to apply to our daily lives? Set an example. Show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech so that they have nothing too bad to say about us. We are representing Christ. And how we speak and what we say is important. Is it going to go? Do we need to get that belt taken care of? <laughs> we'll look into that. I also have here 1 Peter 3.10. So let's, let's jump over there. Hopefully we can get by a little bit of squeaking. 
I'll speak up a little bit so we can talk over it. So 1 Peter, it's a, right after James. 3.10. We're going to start a little bit, a little bit earlier than 10. Um, verse 10 is the, the 12th Psalm. But just before that, in 9, it says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. So, rather than being slanderous, if someone is slandering you, if you repay them with a blessing, maybe encouragement. It says here, to this you were called, so we were called to repay evil with a blessing, so that you may inherit a blessing. And in doing this, you inherit a blessing through your speech and the use of your words. And then we get down in the, the 12th Psalm, it, it says, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lip from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Repay evil with a blessing. Again, we can, we can use this, right? This is applicable to our lives. Repay evil with blessing. So, have you been in a confrontation? Have you ever been cussed out? I was cussed out on a four-way stop yesterday. I might have been in the wrong. I probably was. I'm sorry for that. But should have I repaid that with a... Should I? Would I have gained a blessing in doing that? Why are you guys smiling? <laughs> no. Yeah. So we can all relate to that, right? No. But instead, repay it with a blessing. I'm sorry. I am. I'm sorry. If, if I did wrong there at that four-way stop, I'm sorry. Or, sorry. <laughs> to gain a blessing. So now let's go back to the heart issue. And we gain a little bit more of that in Romans. And we start to peer in the inner man, right? This is kind of what it starts calling out in Romans. The inner man, the inner person. We see Paul toiling, or that, maybe not toiling, but bringing up his toil with himself. Let's go to, to Romans 7.22. So Romans 7.22 says, For my inner being I delight in God's law. So my inner being, me, myself, I delight in God's law. I know this. And we've talked about God's law being written on our hearts. But if I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me, what a, wretch, what a wretched man I am. 
Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says up in verse 19, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. For it is, if it is not I, for if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. We are naturally sinful. But that inner being that dwells amongst us, the, the, the spirit that we're bestowed with when we take up Christ, when we die with Him, that's what should be speaking. And what's the blessing? What's the blessing? Peace. Joy. Love. So what should be coming out of our mouths? Peace. Joy. Love. Let's flip a few chapters over to Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing in God. This is your true and proper worship. I also have written here, service. This is your true and proper worship. Your service to God. To offer your body your tongue to God. And then it goes on to say in verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to this world. Again, I go back to what we do outside of this building, what we do away from our fellowship. I go back to that Wikipedia research where the average person says 80 to 90 cuss words a day. Do not conform to this world. That being said, Cussing, strong language, is a sin. I think we can see that here, that that our language and the misuse of language is sinful. But there's mercy. Because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And it's, it's important to have some mercy. Both on ourselves and for others. It says in, in 1 John 1.9, it says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive 
our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness. Recognizing and knowing what a sin is is a good start. Recognizing and knowing that misuse of language is a sin is a good start. To not be ignorant of poor speech is a good starting point. Specifically for Christians. But once we recognize that we have sinned, confessing that, reaching out to Christ for help, and letting Him forgive us for our misgivings. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God gave us, and I really love this passage, I use it a lot, because I think it, it wraps a lot of different topics up with a bow, but it's true here as well. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And it's true here. With the Spirit, we are given power, love, and self-discipline. We can control our tongues because He gave us the power to do so. For me, looking more into what comes out of a man is what is in a man. It changes my perspective on how I talk to my children and around my children. It changes my perspective of how I run my company. How I talk to the people around me. Again, I am not perfect. I am in construction and I have many examples of places I have messed up on that end of things. But it's a good time to reflect on that. And same for you. As you're tired at the end of the day and your little girl pees on the floor, it's no time to be losing your tongue because you're representing Christ. As you're cut off in an intersection, it's no time to be losing your tongue because you're showing that person what dwells inside of you. I can think of many other times that because of culture and the way we speak, we can lose that. But just be reminded of what it means. Amen? Thank you all. Who's got communion? Cool. Good. Come on, Rod.